for some reason, getting drunk in the spirit was okay. That was a thing. But token in the spirit, that was not okay. All right, so our Kenneth Copeland video <laughs> definitely uh, poked the bear a little bit. So this video I'm working on kind of mapping out more what we're going to be talking about throughout the Breaking Bethel series, but I thought it'd be fun to start off with, oh, take a break from hardcore theology stuff and actually talk about more of the life experience of what it's like being a student at Bethel. Um, I figured we could do a video just kind of on, on the crazy things that Bethel students do and did uh, and what was kind of part of the culture in life. Um, there's a lot that we did uh, and a lot of things we tried and did and had fun with and some of it's theological stuff to go over um, because that's just nature of the beast is when you're out of school, supernatural ministry, some of the things you do. But I figured I'd take time to kind of go over what what can you expect to have happen and actually give me one second here. I got to start timer on my phone, make sure I'm not going too far on my uh, recording time. Okay, there we go. Kind of like how Kenneth Clopin brought his little timer. <laughs> All right, so at Bethel, when you're in school of ministry, you quickly make friends with students. It's just inevitable. I mean, and that's what you want to do, right? You're making friends with people. And you find you kind of find your friend group. Um, There's a couple of different friend groups when I was there. You had like, you know, the worship team people that were all on the worship team. You had a couple of the media people because Bethel was just starting their Bethel TV. So a lot of the students were actually interning while at school as media people. Uh, and then you had just your various small groups, home groups, you know, types of people that ran with each other um, and your roommates and stuff. Um, I had a really great group of guys I ran with and did stuff with. Uh, and there's also extracurricular stuff that happened at Bethel that wasn't in school, but you know, people would be doing stuff. Now, the things that were done, that's where it gets interesting. Um, let's start with just like, um, like a prayer night. Let's start with that. So a lot of times after school, you know, you, you'd be excited with students. We get together and you would do a prayer night um, or a worship night. And that would just simply look like getting together uh, at someone's house. Um, usually whoever had the biggest house they were renting. Um, and you would just have a night of worship together. Um, seems pretty innocent to start. It's just once things get going is where it gets interesting. So let's say you're at a worship night. I can just, I'll recount kind of some examples here. Typically it's like some food and whatnot and you're getting together to worship, but, uh, it's pretty normal until the worship actually starts. And that's where, you know, people are praying, they are reading their Bible, we're focusing on verses, we're doing prophetic worship. If you don't know what prophetic worship is, it's basically kind of impromptu worship it's where people just kind of start singing a certain verse or a certain song or take a scripture or more more times than not, it's supposed to be like a melody or something that you hear from God. Um, that's usually what's kind of expected is that it's a heavenly melody kind of situation. So you're, you're, you're doing worship and then the prophetic worship kind of starts. So typically you'd start with a song and you would do like the verse, the chorus, the verse, the chorus, the bridge. And then usually by the time you hit the bridge, that's when the prophetic worship starts. Um, now, again, seems innocent enough. Aside from the theology of like hearing God directly for a melody, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And so you start singing and stuff, and then 
that's when we start getting more into the prayer and you start praying for miracles you start praying for healings or we're praying for revival to break out and it's like we're kind of like this upper room kind of feel is what it goes for and you know um there have been times where you're in the prayer you're doing a worship night with someone and someone breaks out into birthing pains <laughs> uh i'll see if i can find some clips of this online but where people actually will start claiming or they're having this experience with the holy spirit of they're birthing something in the spirit that wasn't uncommon and that could look like them actually on the ground like doubled over holding their stomach like they're giving birth to something they're like they're i mean i didn't my wife had her kids our kids at home so i now know what that's like as someone who was like 18 i wasn't sure what <laughs> giving birth should look like but that was my first peek into that um and sometimes guys would be doing it too and they would be going hard on it and it's like toppling over and just moaning in pain that they're giving birth to something and we're all like praying for them and thanking god for it and saying for more of it and it could go on for half hour 20 like 20 minutes sometimes an hour it all depends on the person um but this was a normal normal thing to see this like i'm not saying every night someone's giving birth to a spiritual baby <laughs> no not going that far um we have, we have standards um but it wasn't abnormal to see it happen and uh and then on top of that everyone's prophesying of each other so at this point you know, we're about maybe an hour or two into the worship night and everyone starts prophesying and you're giving words of knowledge to each other and we're, we're practicing the prophetic. This is kind of a big part of the culture is, is actually practicing the, the prophetic. So um, if you don't know what that means, it's you basically would either get a word of knowledge, which is like basically a piece of information that only you know and God would know. And um, there's a clip of Todd White talking about that. Like when you can read people's minds, it's scary. People think some crazy stuff. I'll see if I can find that clip. Who does this man think that he is? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, which means that me as a Christian can know what people are thinking. That's pretty crazy. You better be ready for it because people think some weird stuff. Uh, but that's what you're doing. You're getting a word of knowledge. So you could say, hey, I just feel like, you know, maybe today you were at the grocery store and, you know, you saw, I don't know, the number 222 in a price and God wants you to know that he's doubling your finances. Like he's doubling the whole, the return of your seed or something like that. Or it could be, Hey, I feel like today X, Y, and Z happened to you. And I want you to know, God saw this, this, and this, and you're practicing that. Like that was, that was a normal thing. And when we get into going through the handbook of prophecy, how they do it, that was part of it. Like you were meant to, it was expected that you, you practice prophesying with each other. So, so yeah, so you're practicing your prophetic, you're practicing giving prophecies of people, words of knowledge. Some people were having birthing pains and this was just a normal night. Like this was just something that we did as students. We would do this regularly, at least once a week, if not every other week. I mean, some nights were college kids, so like you know, college age, so like we would just play Halo or something. Um, but other nights, it was like, yeah, we would we would do that. We would get together and practice our prophetic and practice prophecy and practice praying for healing, and just be going for it. Um, you know, there were some people that were doing some Bible studies, but that really wasn't the norm. It was more what was usually happening is more of pursuing things and like pursuing the greater miracles and seeing that kind of stuff happen. Now, um, side note, aside from that stuff, there was some fun stuff to do in Reading. Reading was kind of a cool town. Um, we would go to like Lake Whiskey Town, which is really cool. A uh, beautiful lake. I know they had the fires, the Cal fires recently, but you would do your regular extracurricular stuff that you would do as a college age kid, you know, 
Um, it was kind of blended too, so it's kind of weird. Sometimes you had someone's like 17, 18, 19, but then you have like a 40-year-old <laughs> who came to Bethel, and so it's like, but you know, it was fun. Um, and you'd go do that stuff, but even then when you're doing that, sometimes you would, you'd be on your way to go somewhere, and someone would be like, I feel like Holy Spirit's telling me that we should pull over right here and pray for someone. And like, yeah, let's do it. And it's like, that was a normal thing where you'd just be like, I feel like Holy Spirit's telling me like, Hey, afterwards, let's go get some food. I feel like Holy Spirit's telling me we should go to, to Ruby Tuesdays. Or I feel like Holy Spirit's telling me we should go TJ Fridays. Or I feel like, like we would be basically who's discerning where we should go. And that's what discernment was. Discernment wasn't like discerning um, like a, a, a message. It was like discerning who had the right word. And if you got it right, then you had good discernment. So it was like, I feel like we should go to In-N-Out. And at In-N-Out, we're going to come across some, almost like a treasure hunt, but not, not quite a treasure hunt. And we would do that. That was like a, that was just normal lifestyle. Like, and that was kind of what the, the culture was kind of shooting for, was trying to ingrain this culture of just seeing miracles on the regular, seeing the prophetic on the regular, seeing things happen. Just That's just the norm, you know? And it's still a thing. Like you see videos of Bethel students going places and it's like, that's just what they do. You know, you're excited about learning how to prophesy and, and how to see people healed and see God do things. So you just want to go out and do it, which there's a part of me like, that's awesome. Like I feel like we could learn something from that about wanting to go out and see God do things. It's just the execution. <laughs> That's not quite right. Um, but I do feel like there's something to learn there of like having zeal for God. Like there's something there. I'm not saying because there's something there, we should okay everything. I'm just saying that there is something there that, that could be learned from, you know, not being like the frozen chosen kind of situation, like being willing to go out and do that and having that zeal. I think it's a good thing. But but yeah, so you'd be going around doing stuff, and that was that was that was kind of a thing. Now, there was a trend for a while um, of things happening. I mentioned a little bit about this at um, uh, my last video with Kenneth Copeland. Now, at the time um, when I was there, John Crowder and Benjamin Dunn were getting really big. John Crowder was holding meetings down south, Santa Cruz, Santa Monica, sometimes in Sacramento, um, and even Chico. I think he did a couple of meetings at Chico. And students were going to, to, to see John Crowder. Um, we were driving down there. Now, at the time, there was a uh, there was a, a season where people were like wanting to do stuff, like go there all the time. That was like a normal thing. Like we just go to John Crowder, we go to the Benjamin Dunn stuff. And it started because Benjamin Dunn came with the Banoffs. He actually came with Georgie and Winnie Banoff as worship leader. And then John and Ben were like kind of running side by side, their buddy buddy. Now they put out a video see if I can find it, uh, they, they've taken down by now, of them like token a little baby Jesus, like toking the spirit. I, I want you just to find their vein. Just find their vein. And I just want you to shoot them up. Jesus on the main line. Because you get drunk in the spirit, why can't you get high in the spirit? And the idea of this was of, of God redeeming things. You know, if you got high in your past life before Christian, you know, you can get high in the spirit. Jesus can redeem that. And that was the idea. And so I went to a couple of these meetings and it was just, it was just two or three hours of people just getting drunk in the spirit. That was it. You're just getting drunk in the spirit. And there was some message preached, but it was just, it was just a mess. <laughs> I'll see if you can find a picture. I've, I think I have maybe some picture on my Facebook. At the time, also disclaimer, people were saying, where's pictures? Where's pictures? Okay. At the time it was 2007, 2008. And iPhones just came out. I was broke. So, so I didn't have an iPhone. And even iPhone cameras were just total potato cameras. They weren't good. Um, so it's hard to find some like videos and pictures of this. But I'll see what I can find. 
Um, so you would go to this Benjamin Dunn, this John Crowder thing, and people were getting high in the spirit. They were, they would do this, and they'd sit there and they'd go, oh my gosh. And it was like this whole thing they were doing. And they brought that to BSSM. Yeah, so the leadership was not happy about that. Um, that was something that they t- tried to kind of put a pin on. And they, for some reason, getting drunk in the spirit was okay. That was a thing. But token in the spirit, that was not okay. And so they put a, the kibosh on that right away. They were saying, no, thank you. Um, which I, I don't know how they justify that in their theology, but they, that was a bit too far for them. So that was happening, and students were doing that, and that was going on. And they were like, okay, that's too far, too far. Let's stop doing that. Um, but then some of the other things that started happening um, were just weird, stupid things that they would just kind of accredit to Holy Spirit. Like there was this whole thing where people were sticking coins on the wall and the coin would just stay there and it wouldn't fall and it would just stay and stay and stay. And that was considered because of the presence of God was dwelling there. That's why the coin stayed on the wall. That was a sign that made you wonder kind of thing. Um, and then you would just go into someone's house and I kid you not, you would see coins all on the wall. And that was like, oh, dude, the Holy Spirit's here. The presence is here. That's awesome. And it would just stay there. And that was like their their thing. Now, I'm sure there's a good scientific explanation to this. But that was their way of saying, hey, like Holy Spirit's here. And the presence is here. And we know God's here because this coin is sticking to the wall. And I'm just telling you guys, like, this is the kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, like, you'd have your parents come visit. And you're like, I can explain. <laughs> you're trying to break that down. Um and then the other thing, another big thing that was happening a lot was people were taking pictures. Now, mind you, this is before most camera phones. So it was like an actual like point and shoot camera, like a little Nikon or, or like a Panasonic point and shoot camera. You would take pictures and there would be little orbs. And this was, I just remember this being the biggest thing is that like these orbs were supposed to be angels that were caught on camera. And I kid you not. I'm into photography now, so now I'm like, that's just dust and specks. By the time I was into photography, I couldn't know, but now that I have background photography, I look at that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, how did I think that? But people would take pictures, and they would see these orbs and these pictures, like some little ones, some small ones, and that was their, like, students would just be like, oh my gosh, the presence of God is here, these angels are all around us, these orbs are angels, and we would just run with it, and go, and go, and go, and that was, that was what we were doing, we were capturing angels on camera and there were so many angels and like people like i think there's angels here let's take a picture and find out and it's like no just just clean your room (laughs) it's dirty there's a bunch of dust particles everywhere (laughs) or there's some there's some dust on the lens basically um but that was what we were doing and so we have like and this is just all like while school is going on and people are sharing testimonies and this is like testimonies that students are sharing in class of the things God God is doing throughout class. So people are like, oh my gosh, like we had, we got together, had a worship night and we had this, the spirit fell and we were all having like, we, we birthed something new in the spirit there and they give a testimony about it. And then it's like, and then someone would be like, wow, like a leadership leader would be like, that was amazing. Let's, let's have you guys do an impartation right now on that. And then the impartation prayer would start and we try to impart that to people. <sighs> and it, that that's what was happening. And and the coin thing, like that's going on. And then um, the angel thing, um, and then the other. Th- I mean, this isn't the epitome of just of just like broke college students. Gas tanks. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times people would come up and share testimonies after worship 
of God filling their gas tank. And it was like, I don't know, maybe it was real, maybe it wasn't. But as someone who grew up in a very flat area and then realized when I'd go uphill, my tank would go up. <laughs> but peep, and there's a lot of hills in Reading. Um, people would full on be like, they would share a testimony and their testimony would be, so I was on my way to school and there I was and my gas tank was almost empty and I just started speaking in tongues. I should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. Should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. <laughs> and they start praying and praying. And as we prayed, the gas tank went up and up and up until our gas tank was completely full. I kid you not, hundreds of these. Now you could either say, there's two ways we can take this. We can say that this is a actual work of God. And that God is going around filling gas tanks, which could be a thing. Or people could be going uphill <laughs> and gas tanks could be filled. And when you go downhill, you don't use gas so you can go farther. <laughs> that could be a thing. I'm not here to quench the spirit and say which one was happening. But it seemed like in a town with a lot of broke college students, God was filling up a lot of gas tanks. <laughs> and that was a thing. And you just get entrenched in this and you start to see everything. And there's like this weird naivety about it where it's like you expect to see everything as miracles, you know, like everything's a miracle. Like my gas tank filled up. That's a miracle. Uh, there's, there's, there's angels and there's dots in my camera picture, my picture. That, that's a miracle. You know, there's angels. Uh, coins are sticking to walls. That's a miracle. Like everything becomes a miracle. And there is a cool bit of just like, like you want to be excited about that and you want to like see God and everything. But then there's also a line of like, <sighs> like, are we just pushing it? Are we going too far with this? Is this, is this okay? That this is that we're calling all these miracles and maybe they're not actually miracles. And then you go as far as token, the Holy spirit, like basically acting like you're smoking a joint. And that's where I'm like, I have, I've, it was these things looking back that like once you get out of Bethel, that's like no longer a thing. But when you're in this group of people that are all pursuing it, you see it all the time. And I mean, disclaimer, I don't think it's good to try to get high on the spirit <laughs> to toke that. Um, but at the time, that's what a lot, of, a lot of students were doing. Now, again, credit to Bethel. They were trying to stop that. But the culture they were creating and the, the environment they stewarded didn't, create a world of discernment where we should say, hey, let's not do that. It actually got excited about that. And that's kind of the core problem I'm trying to get to, I guess, is that these this this culture they create where you're supposed to see miracles and expect miracles and everything does not create an environment where naturally you discern things when it goes off the deep end. You lean into it. When something's crazy, it's like, that's got to be God. Or there's no like checking it and maybe making sure, is this a little much? It's the crazier the testimony, the more excited we should get. Like there was one group of guys that said their car broke down and there was a wire that was missing and they prayed for their car and then the wire appeared and they had a car. They had the car back. I'm like, that's cool and all. And their car was moving and they got it back. But I'm like, again, I don't want to quench the spirit, but it's like those things happened all over the place. So are those miracles or is this just like maybe a wire fell over and then the, you know, it was the wire to the battery. So maybe the little connection to the battery fell over and then maybe when you move something around it, it flop back over. I don't know, but it's like, I get to a point then where you have to like, if you, if everything's a miracle and everything's God, how do you start discerning what is and what isn't? And it's, it can get real messy real quick. 
and you get to the point where you're just trying to figure out like you leave that you leave that environment of like what do you how do you discern you know how you discern what is of god and what not how how is it when you go to worship service now if it's normal at home when people are birthing things in the spirit and screaming and they're apparently in labor but then you go to a church service and they're doing that well you've been you've been taught and you've stewarded this thing where that's normal so then how are you supposed to know when you're in church or you're at school or you're at a, a revival night or a ministry night and you're seeing people do that well how do you say like well that's not of the lord well it is though because we do this all the time at our house so you lose this ability to to kind of point what is good and what isn't just by the sheer fact that they let anything can go let anything go almost um and it's a lot like i've it took me and that's like a big part of why i'm doing the series is that a lot of people were trying to figure out like we're mentioning how like i'm, I'm just getting out of bethel it's like no guys like i went to bethel for four years three years and then i was a part of churches for almost nine to ten years and then for about about three years ago, I've walked away from it. So I've been out of this for about three years. So I'm now doing my postmortem, looking way back at everything. It wasn't something I just left Bethel and now I'm speaking out. It's like, no, I was there for a while. I loved it. I loved the people there. I loved the churches I worked with that were in that same camp for years afterwards. And I'm just now, after three years of walking away from it, talking about it. And so it's not like I'm just jumping on some sort of train. Like I'm just now getting to the point where I've got a good slate to talk about this. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, to kind of, I guess we could kind of end the video here. That's kind of the idea is I wanted to go over the long and short of just general daily activities, I guess, with students while you're there outside of school. So we have gas tanks being filled up. We have coins sticking to walls. We have uh, people giving birth in the spirit um, and, uh, and token the Holy Ghost. So... Those are all normal things. And I, I say this not to poke fun, but to help you understand if this is what the daily culture life is, is outside of the school, this is all pushing forward the things happening in the school. So when you talk to BSSM students, it's more than just the couple hours they spend in school. There's a whole culture that they are sinking their teeth into that they're becoming a part of that is not just the couple hours a day at Bethel. It's the entire culture that you're in. Now, I'm sure some of this has changed in the past you know, 10 years. But I'm sure they're still pursuing their things now, like be it leg group, going around trying to lengthen legs, still having worship nights. Who knows what's happening those worship nights? Practicing the prophetic, that's a thing. So I don't think it's too far off to say these things are still happening to some, some extent. Um, but um, yeah, I hope this, again, as always, I hope this helps. Um, we got two videos out this week. We got Kenneth Copen one, this one here. I got some other long-term projects I'm working on. Um, but again, hope this is a blessing to you guys. Hope this helps answers any questions. Hope this... Um, I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm just, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a preacher. Um, I'm just a guy that went to Bethel years ago and I got some stories to tell of what happened while I was there and I have concerns for what's happening now and you can take for it what you want. So, all right. Blessings guys. Hope you have a great day. <laughs>